I think we're definitely kind of in a sort of renaissance from a technology perspective. And I think AI is kind of the next big wave. I haven't seen anything too specific from like a MarTech perspective just yet on AI. But at this point, I think it's a matter of not if, it's when. And I think we're just kind of right around the corner from it. Welcome to the OpStars podcast, where we talk to revenue operations pros at the top of their game so that we can collectively support each other through the sharing of ideas, learning best practices, and discovering innovative new strategies. I'm your host, Don Offos. Thanks for joining us on the OpStars podcast today. Today, I have Zach Olson. Zach works at Dell. And Zach, I know Dell's a huge organization. What is your official title and like, what is the division of Dell that you work in? Hey, Don, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I am in the marketing automation organization and we kind of own and manage all of the various technologies, data and system orchestrations across the marketing organization within Dell. And my position specifically is kind of focusing on leading contact strategy and various automation projects across those objects. Got it. I imagine then your day-to-day is pretty closely aligned to using and managing lean data. Oh, yes, definitely. I'm (laughs) the lean data product owner for Dell and it every single day, figuring out different ways we can apply it across other parts of the business that it might not be touching just yet. And then also kind of focusing on ways of improving our current implementations and making sure all logic is accurate and up to date. Got it. One question I have. So I know that when I did RevOps at Lean Data, one of the things that I really love about Lean Data is the ability for it to be very, very powerful, right? Like a lot of people look at Lean Data and they're like, wow, it's super complicated. It is a very easy platform to use and it can do a lot of very cool things. So it can get pretty big and not difficult to manage. You can get a very large graph that can end up doing a lot of things. And I know that when I managed it, when I was on the RevOps team, a lot of what I did was, you know, whenever there was a change in territory, you know, being able to update territories really easily, but pretty frequently, right? Because a lot of times on the sales side, you know, people are moving around, people are leaving, you have new people starting, people want to change their territory. How often do you find that you're in there changing your graph and pushing changes? Yeah, for sure. So at Dell, like it is, a massive company. So I make changes within our lean data flow several times a week. And then I do share a lot of the kind of responsibility of managing and updating the regional specific routing rules, like say, for example, reps that should be included on a specific country's round robin list. I keep that kind of ownership separate and within the region's marketing leaders. And then they come to me with those changes. And I'm kind of the person that goes in and builds it out and make sure that the round robins, for example, are up to date or routing tweaks need to happen here or there if there's a new initiative or a new team that needs to be handling it. So long story short, I'm kind of the one that touches the tool and builds it all out and is actually like making any changes. But I obviously can't be in communication with everyone across Dell. We have about 6,000 people in the marketing organization and anywhere between 20 to 25,000 sales reps, I believe. So I have lots of points of contact that just come to me. They know exactly what they need to tell me. I can go in and get it implemented immediately. And that kind of saves a lot of time on everyone just involved because they don't need to spend time learning all the nitpickiness of how to use Lean Data Tool. And I don't need to be sitting in on all of these meetings that I don't really need to be there for. They can just shoot me a quick email and 
I can go and get anything updated whenever needed. Yeah, so it's easy. The point I was trying to make is that the power that you have within lean data is something that is simple to use. It's not like you're having to rewrite code every time somebody changes the territory. It's as easy as uploading a CSV or doing a drag and drop within the graph. That would lead me to my next question. So you were at Dell pretty early on in the lean data implementation. What would you say some of the best practices are for implementing lean data in a large enterprise like Dell? Yeah, for sure. So I will say Dell is at somewhat of a disadvantage just due to the overall kind of vastness and size of a company like this. So one thing, for example, that I always kind of like to practice whenever I am building out any sort of logic and onboarding a new stakeholder or new team or new initiative into lean data. For example, we have thousands of campaigns that run each quarter, each year across Dell. So just one rule that I kind of use across the board is never build any sort of automation on the campaign, just because that is something that can dynamically change, like campaign name will change quarter to quarter just for reporting purposes as it should. But I don't want to build that into lean data because that's just one more thing that I have to go in and track down every single quarter and make sure that it's getting updated accordingly. So whenever I am building out any sort of logic within lean data, longevity of the solution is always kind of at the top of mind. And I try to look for more creative or long-term solutions that can be used. So for example, if there's a campaign that a team is getting set up for a specific landing page and there's a form, we have a field on our lead object that looks at the form URL, and that's a lot more stagnant and not going to change quarter over quarter like campaign would. So I'll just do form URL equals instead of campaign name equals and I can get it built, get it set off and not have to look at it for years at a time. Yeah. So trying to think about like campaign hierarchy in Salesforce and how you might have a single campaign that might tie to different business groups. You structure in a way so that you have like a overarching campaign and then there's a sub campaign for different business groups. And then you have routing rules that are different for those business groups. Yep, definitely. So we definitely do have campaign hierarchies with parent campaigns, but Again, like I've kind of just been adamant about it and I don't have campaign logic built in on a single node anywhere in our lean data flow. (laughs) So it's just kind of like if I let one person do it, then I have to let everybody do it. So it's just nobody's allowed to do it because, again, I can't be tracking down thousands of campaigns each quarter. So how many campaigns does Dell have worldwide? Like how many are you managing? What does that number look like? I could not even tell you the number. It has to be the thousands. (laughs) And again, because it changes, right? Because you might have one that you started in January that goes all year, and then you have one that changes weekly. So there's probably a really fluid group of campaigns that are floating out there. Your job at Dell is very narrow and focused, and your day-to-day is very much tied to lean data. What does your daily operating model look like when you're at an enterprise like Dell? Yeah, so any day of the week, I could be talking to any of my global stakeholders from the marketing department, the sales department, the IT department. They all kind of have a hand in getting leads created, pushed into our Salesforce instance. And then Lean Data, of course, handles the routing to sales. And then IT, of course, handles all the kind of backend support and making sure that everything's functioning as quickly and efficiently as possible. Everything's plugged in where it needs to go. But of course, marketing is kind of like the lead gen side of it. So We work a lot on the marketing space of ensuring that leads are getting generated and sales is happy with the leads that they're getting. And marketing is owning and responsible for all of the data quality 
and of course, amount of leads that get pushed through. And then of course, sales on the other side of that, wants the correct data, they want it as quickly as possible. They want to see all the talking points and making sure that they know where it came from, when it came in, what they want, what their marketing primary solution interest might be, anything like that. So any day of the week, I could be talking to a sales region leader and they're saying, we want all of our leads to start coming into this group and this list of reps is going to be on the round robin. I'll say, great, I'll get that built out. And then the marketing side might say, this is the form it's gonna be coming from. Like I said earlier, I'll plug in the form URL, get it going, and then just kind of monitor and schedule any follow-ups as needed. So you really straddle both sales and marketing. You're very much a, kind of a glue between the lead generation side that's coming out of marketing and then actually working with the sales team to make sure that those leads are getting directed to the right people and that the right follow-up is happening from the right assigned rep. Oh, yes. I always say on any given day, I can have 25,000 different stakeholders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's quite a responsibility. Let's talk a little bit about your Opstar Award. Remind me again, you won the Opstar Award in the enterprise category for... Lead Program Management Transformation of the Year. Got it. So that lead transformation piece, can you talk about how Lean Data really allowed Dell to shift its approach to how it was managing leads? Yeah, for sure. So Lean Data was definitely pivotal in the kind of overall initiative and transforming Dell from kind of manual, redundant, slow processes into getting automated, streamlined functionality set up and ready to go. So before we had Lean Data, marketing would kind of have to communicate with IT and say, we want this line of code change to change this routing logic. And IT would come back and say, okay, it's going to take this number of weeks or months to wait for this release to get that to happen. Right. And of course, marketing would have to plan a way out. And then sales was, of course, not happy because they weren't getting leads accurately. But now with lean data, I can go in and make any sort of change immediately, get it implemented into production. Don't have to worry about waiting for a release or waiting for any sort of test environment to get approved. It can just turned on like a light switch. So would you say that IT has been pretty happy with the fact that you brought Lean Data to Dell? Oh, yeah, they're thrilled. And then, of course, Lean Data is such a dynamic tool that we've kind of applied it to other instances that weren't even initially thought of, of just lead routing. So they come to me all the time and they say, we're facing this issue. It's super manual process. What can we do? And then me as the Lean Data product owner, I can make any sort of recommendations and they love talking to me because... <laughs> just will make their lives easier. That's awesome. So what you're saying is now that you brought in lean data, IT isn't happy only because of what you've been able to do for transformation around how you've managed leads, but you actually have IT coming to you to say, hey, we have this other problem with Salesforce that we'd love for you to solve with lean data. Is this possible? And they're tapping your expertise to help solve those problems. Yes, for sure. And leads still are like central at everything at the core of it. It's just initially the scope was like, oh, it's going to be our lead routing tool, but it's expanded into so much more from that. Yeah, that's awesome. As the fact that you straddle between sales and marketing, I know one of the things that we did at Lean Data when I was leading RevOps is I actually put in place an SLA around our campaigns so that there was an expectation of when marketing generates this lead, I'm going to categorize it as a priority one two or three, you know, we had three priorities. And then 
a priority one, I would expect, say it's a demo request, right? So if you come in as a demo request and lean data, that's considered a priority one lead. And then we expect that sales will follow up on that lead within 10 minutes. Do you have any SLAs between your sales and marketing teams that you're leveraging lean data to help enforce? Yeah, definitely. So we always consider inbound leads kind of higher priority versus outbound leads. And then also from specific sources are going to kind of get higher priority. And we've kind of built some of that logic into lean data just in terms of if there is a backlog, what it should be prioritizing. And then in terms of like any sort of lead scoring for a rep that's going to be able to look at it, we have Einstein AI scoring that's going to be implemented here soon. And that'll just kind of be stamped on every lead. And then there's a couple of homegrown solutions within Dell that also kind of do like some manual scoring efforts. And it's just kind of a the lead generation point. And then one kind of interesting topic that has come up a couple of times and just another kind of best practice that I personally like to follow is people always want to get routing logic implemented based on a lead score and say like if anything is like lead score 90, like if it's a one through 100 scale, 90 or above route to these people, 70 to 90 route to these people, below that route to these people. And I've personally always kind of just had a bad taste in my mouth about it because you are saying essentially like here, these are junk leads. Let's route them to those people. So I personally will never do any sort of routing based on the lead score as well, just because I don't want to mistreat any sort of sales rep or think that any team should receive lesser leads. And instead, just kind of say, if you are receiving leads with higher scores, focus on it from a prioritization aspect, like you said, and don't worry so much about the routing because, again, it's coming from the same source. We have the routing logic built in you're still probably the best person to receive the lead, even if it might not be scored as high as some of your other ones. Is that because you feel that maybe the scoring model might not be accurate? Or is it more because of the fairness aspect? Yeah, definitely more of the fairness aspect. I think the scoring model is good. It is across the board. So it's, I think, going to be accurate on one lead compared to another. It's not like it's applying different logic on lead A versus lead B. Like I said, I just, wouldn't want to just constantly be receiving low scoring leads yeah, because we've designated them to be that person. Yeah. So you do have multiple sales reps that are assigned to the same account. So what you're saying is that lead that comes in, it could go to one of many different reps. And the way that you have it that you don't like is that a rep might get those lower scoring leads versus another rep might get a higher scoring lead. Yep. Or even like from a round robin perspective, say we can't map a lead to an account. If we had a whole round robin set up that was just dedicated to receiving low scored leads, like I don't think they're going to be really motivated to go in and start working them if they're time and time again going to be low scored. Yeah. Do they know that? I mean, you publish the score and it's visible for the sales reps? Yes. So the sales rep can see the lead score and then we have some dashboards built in as well. So every day when a sales rep logs into Salesforce, they see all the leads assigned to them, and then they can sort them based on the lead score and kind of prioritize what they're going to work on that day. Got it. So they could actually know that like they are getting a lot of low scoring leads from marketing for that reason. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) For part of your scoring model, you mentioned Einstein. You guys use uh, Pardot, use the marketing cloud of Salesforce? Yes, we do. I think Dell pretty much has every Salesforce product you could get at this point. (laughs) So we have lots and lots of technology. And yeah, we've been letting Einstein kind of run in the background and learn. So it's only visible to certain marketing profiles right now. And then 
we've just been kind of like running the testing and once we feel it's ready to be implemented, we'll kind of go ahead and turn it on for any and all sales profiles to look at it. Yeah, that's an interesting area to touch on because I know like AI and some of the things that Einstein is doing and ChatGPT, it's kind of the new buzzwords that are out there right now. Like one of the things that I think I saw at a Salesforce event was leveraging Einstein in a way that could say, hey, we know that this lead, when it's sent to this group of reps, has a higher conversion to close than this set of reps. So there's actually like predictive modeling that's coming out of Einstein and some of the things that it can do. It sounds like you're starting to touch on leveraging some of that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. So Einstein, I really like it because you can go in and kind of pick which fields you want to be positives or negative attributions to the lead. And then it just kind of gets really good at stamping like a one through 99 score on that lead. And I've personally been really satisfied with it. And it's super simple to read and super simple to sort. One other kind of project that I've been working on within Dell is a homegrown machine learning solution. I've been Mm. working with some of our data engineering teams on it and just kind of advising from a lead and kind of strategy perspective on it. But essentially what it's going to do is look at leads coming in from any of our Dell hosted forms. So kind of anything on the Dell website inbound in nature, and it'll look at the customer comments. And we've been training it with a lot of historical data. We threw a couple hundred thousand leads at it, and it'll essentially categorize the lead of spam, sales, tech support request, or anything of that nature. And we've been kind of just playing around with like the weighting and optimizing what the threshold will be to confidently be able to give it that stamp. And then I'll go and build some lead data logic based on what it categorized it as, and then kind of determine which team from there to send it to. So super excited for that project. And I know all the teams involved are super thrilled too, because no one wants a spam lead and inbound sales team doesn't want a tech support request lead and oh, yeah. vice versa. So Wow, that's really cool. And you're leveraging the actual data engineering team at Dell to do that. So you're you're actually pulling in people that have data science degrees to help you build this. That know what they're doing. Yep, smarter yeah. than I am. <laughs> that's really slick. That's very cool. Do you think that that leveraging AI and bringing in predictive modeling for marketing, for sales, is that kind of like the hot new thing that's out there? Or what do you see that's kind of on the horizon that the RevOps folks should be aware of? Yeah, for sure. I think we're definitely kind of in a sort of renaissance from a technology perspective. And I think AI is kind of the next big wave. I haven't seen anything too specific from like a MarTech perspective just yet on AI. But at this point, I think it's a matter of not if it's when. And I think we're just kind of right around the corner from it. In my opinion, I kind of think the biggest thing from a marketing technology perspective or RevOps perspective that will be of use with AI is like audience segmentation or building out emails or kind of things of that nature. I'm not sure if it would ever really get to the more finite thing like lead routing, for example. I think that's always probably going to have some sort of like human that has to able to create that. But again, never say never. It should be very interesting to see how it kind of develops over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's interesting. The presentation that I saw Salesforce give was really around their customer 360 and how they're leveraging Einstein so that when you have somebody in tech support talk to a customer, they have all the context and the history and it's pulling from all the different data sources so that when somebody is talking to a prospect or talking to a customer, they aren't starting from square one. 
they already have the knowledge and the context of everything that customer has gone through up to that point. And when I saw it, I was like, wow, my belief is that RevOps as a function really owns that customer journey. And it is really important that when the handoff between marketing to sales or even within individuals within the sales organization, so like when something goes from an SDR to an AE or from an AE to customer success or even sales to post-sales, you know, all those handoffs happen between humans, right? So as a human, you know, you don't want to start at zero. You want to have a full understanding of the breadth of what was happening. And as RevOps, it's really our responsibility to make sure that those humans are armed with that information to be able to make that customer's experience be something that's amazing, right? That the handoff that happens is very crisp and that you have all that context when you're talking to somebody. And I think Lean Data, you know, we do a really good job of enabling those crisp handoffs. And then, you know, you combine that with something like Customer 360 and a lot of things that Einstein is doing with Salesforce, you really become a superhuman whenever you're interacting with a customer. And, and then it makes that customer experience so amazing that they're going to want to buy from you for forever. You know, there's going to be never a reason for them not to go to you. It's interesting to see what's happening, what's out there. Yes, definitely. And to your point, I think kind of compiling all of that data as best you can and if AI can help you do that, like, great. But even just from a customer experience perspective, like if I'm a customer and I'm going to fill out a form on your website and I put exactly in the form what I want and then your sales rep is contacting me and they're saying, what do you want? That's like the most frustrating thing yes. to me. So just anything you can put there, make the sales rep's life as easy as possible. And on the flip side, it's going to be just a much better experience for the customer as well. So... Yeah. Yes, definitely, totally agree. Any and all data compiling, super important. Yeah, I think the point that we're making here is that you don't have to be Adele to be able to deploy these types of things. There are small little iterations that you can make within your own organization, even if you're a small RevOps team, to kind of start your own team, your own company on that journey of having that customer experience be something that's amazing. Yes, for sure. And when you are a smaller company, I think you're probably even at a bigger advantage because you can be a lot more agile and pivot much easier. Like sometimes even at Dell, it takes weeks or months to kind of get a whole process changed just because there are so many hands involved. So yes, my advice is just go for it. Yeah. Let's talk about your background. I believe that Dell is your first job out of college. The reason I bring this up is like I talked to a lot of folks, a large share of RevOps folks fell into doing RevOps from something else, right? Like they were in finance and then someone in operations was like, hey, you should do revenue operations. And they start doing it and they love it and they're really good at it. And then they go on their career or it happens from the sales side, right? They're in sales and they have a passion for data. And then like, you know, they're the one everyone's turning to, to manage Salesforce. It's like, hey, Don, you know, maybe you should run Salesforce. And then, you know, you end up in RevOps that way. What was your degree in? I have a business degree with a marketing focus. With a marketing focus. So did you know, like, wow, this is what I want to do? Did you jump into this knowing this is the career I want to go with? Yeah, so more or less. So in college, I originally thought I wanted to kind of go into more of the creative aspect. So okay. one summer, I just got an internship at a creative agency and thought I would love it. Very quickly found out like week two of the internship, <laughs> it was not for me. So it was kind of Miserable that summer, but again, like great learning lesson. I'm glad I did it at the internship and not like for a full-time career because yeah. again, it was no risk. So then I kind of quickly realized I was much more interested in the data and technology side of it and got a different internship throughout my senior year. And it was a lot more kind of like 
corporate focused and looking at some data and customer experience and stuff. And then eventually got hired directly out of college by Dell and was originally on our email automation team. Okay. So kind of focusing on in-housing a lot of our email development and production and deployment and bringing that in-house from a bunch of kind of external third-party agencies. And I learned a ton that first year. Oh, I forgot to mention I was in a rotation program. Okay. So it's a two-year rotation program with one-year long rotations each. And so I spent that first year in that really technical and data-focused role. And I wanted to kind of get the more well-rounded aspect of it. So I made a complete flip and went over to international field and partner marketing, which was just kind of what you typically think of of like a marketing job, like developing campaigns and kind of strategic lead gen, all of that sort of good stuff. And then after that, kind of graduated from the rotation program and missed the technology side. So came back to the marketing automation organization and landed within our lead and contact strategy space. And I've been there ever since. That's awesome. So really, you were able to take a passion that you realized you had for data and apply it against your degree in marketing in a way that you now are really enjoying your career and enjoying what you're doing day to day. Yes, definitely. Like I've always loved numbers, always like looking at charts. Like that was always my favorite part on like the SATs or sort of standardized testing. (laughs) And then I really just kind of fell in love with marketing because it wasn't an exact science, but then it also had just so many different things you could do within the space. And then, yeah, just really kind of found my niche perfectly within RevOps and been loving it ever since. That's awesome. So what recommendations would you give to someone that's young in their career in revenue ops? I'd say top priority number one is to just learn data. You wouldn't believe how many like even senior people are out there in the world that just kind of simply don't know how data works. And I think no matter what kind of place you fall in in your job, whether it be marketing or even like finance or really any role, data, just knowing how it works and being able to kind of like mess with it, look for any trends, look for any sort of recommendations you can provide is super key. So I'd say first and foremost, learn data. And then if you are going into a sort of technology space, there's so much free training out there, whether it be on YouTube or even in a product like itself, like Lean Data has fantastic trainings on the Lean Data website. Just go read as much as you can, go watch as many videos as you can and you'll really impress your leadership team if you come to them with any sort of recommendations. Like I know when I first started out, I was addicted to watching Salesforce trailheads and just learned all the ins and outs of how Salesforce worked. And it really just kind of gave me a great foundation to run with the technology space. Yeah, I always tell folks that no one is a Lean Data customer unless they're a Salesforce customer. And so like internally for our team, I'm always telling people, hey, go to Trailhead. It's free. It's an amazing learning platform that you can just absorb so much knowledge about not just like Salesforce as a company, but the direction that they head in, why they head in that direction. What is the platform? How can you use it? That knowledge will serve you in whatever you do going forward if you work with a company that works with Salesforce. It's just going to serve you long-term in ways that you will look back on and go like, wow, I'm so glad I did all those trailheads. You know, I spent all that time learning because you will find that you will end up using that every day. Yes, 1000%. And another kind of big piece of advice I'd give to someone else that's maybe young or early in their RevOps career is one thing that drives me crazy on just any sort of 
leadership meeting or any sort of presentation to anyone kind of higher up is people always tend to just say what's going well. And that kind of drives me crazy because yes, we know it's going well. That's why we're doing it. But I personally like to say for any like two or three things that I present that are going well is to just say, hey, I think we could have some room for improvement here or this isn't going as well as we initially thought it would. And the pilot, I think we can make this strategic recommendation. And I always just kind of mean it from like a positive light. And of course, I'm not just going to say this is bad. We need to do something about it. I always make sure I come with a plan. I say these are the steps of what we can take to improve it. These are the metrics. Data, again, huge. And usually it gets much more kind of attention and sign off because sometimes it can be hard to get time in front of leadership. So I like to take as much opportunity as I can whenever it does happen. Yeah. One of the keys that I try to live by is that the key to communicating well is to communicate both the good and the bad. You can't shy away from communicating bad news if you're talking to leadership because leadership wants to know, like if there are things going bad, they need to know how to course correct and what to do. And if you are the one that is responsible for communicating that, they will appreciate that. Yes, for sure. And they can even put you in touch with another department, say, hey, they're working on that as well. Let's get you in touch there. And yeah, like you said, the problem isn't going to go away just because you're not addressing it. It's better to just kind of face it head on and figure out the strategy of how you're going to tackle it. Yeah, I know you're part of the Upstarts community. Are there any other RevOps communities that you're a part of that you find that's helpful? I know for me, not just Upstarts, but I was pretty early involved with Modern Sales Pros is another one that I'm a part of. And I find that, you know, one of the great things of being in a community like this is that you go in and you ask a question and people help you in the sense of, you know, they don't want you to have to reinvent the wheel if you have a problem, right? And I feel like a lot of people in RevOps, we've all ran into the same problems, right? So it's just like, if you're bringing, hey, I'm having this problem, has anyone else had that problem? Someone will say yes, and they'll tell you how they solve that problem and it helps make your life a lot easier. You know, are there any, uh, besides Opstars or even Modern Sales Pros, are there any RevOps communities that you're a part of that you would recommend to people? I'm not part of a specific community, but anytime I do see someone with similar interests or similar job likelihood, I add them immediately on LinkedIn and just shoot a quick message. And I've reached out to people and kind of asked for advice and everyone is always super friendly. So if you are young, I'd say do not be afraid to just add anyone on LinkedIn, say who you are, why you're adding them, and you never know what could happen in the future of how they might be able to help you out. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? I think we talked a lot about being young in RevOps, but again, I'm pretty young in both my career and in RevOps. So I think just kind of like to say on the flip side of it, if you are like more senior in your RevOps career or even just your career in general, this new generation coming up is We've grown up with technology. I think AI will kind of be a great equalizer. We've grown up like learning in our classes how to kind of search on Google. And I kind of think prompting AI is very similar. It draws a lot of likelihood of the same kind of tactics on how to be successful in it. So if you are senior leadership, I'd say dedicate even anywhere from like one to two hours per week mentoring someone young on your team, bring someone in, show them the ropes. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised on how far just that kind of simple 30 minutes, one hour, two hours a week, however much time you can give and how far that will stretch and how easily a young person can kind of jump in into the technical space and really just start helping out wherever needed. Yeah. I think mentoring is a huge benefit. You know, when I've been asked to step into that role, I've always enjoyed it. 
I always end up learning something new and different. And I think, you know, sharing it from a perspective of someone that's uh, younger, the fact that, you know, people are hungry to learn. And even if you are older in your career or senior, let's say, you know, I think there's a lot of wisdom that you can bring to someone combining it with the knowledge that younger folks have around technology and AI and things like that. It ends up being a great marriage. I think you could end up doing really great things when you put those two things together. Yes, totally agree. Awesome. Well, hey, Zach, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on the OpStar podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much. The OpStar's podcast is brought to you by Lean Data. To find out more about us and our suite of Salesforce native products for marketing, sales, and revenue operations, head to leandata.com and then make sure to search for OpStars in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at OpStars and Lean Data, thanks for listening.